We live in a busy world. There's only so much time in the day, and that can often hinder our time enjoying our favorite hobbies. If you write online content for a blog or a website, I strongly recommend you look into Phosphor AI. Phosphor AI is an online service that will save you hours of work with your content creation. Here's how it works. Simply type in your title, and the AI software will get to work writing a high-quality original article for you. You'll need to review the article and take 15 to 20 minutes to make the necessary edits before publishing. You'll get three free articles just for signing up, so you can try out the service and see exactly how it works for you. As the old saying goes, time is money, and by using Phosphor AI, you're sure to save a lot of it. Why waste time writing content yourself when you can get Phosphor AI to do it for you? Go to phosphorai.com to try out this service today and see how much time you can save. Kevin Maxwell was more than qualified to work at a residential treatment facility. However, despite his extensive experience, he was not hired when he interviewed with the Lord's Ranch. Is it possible that he knew too much about how these facilities were supposed to function? Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about it with Kevin Maxwell himself. The White House announced that President Trump had commuted the prison sentence of Ted Sewell, a former operator of a behavioral health company in Arkansas. When when Teddy choked me, I caught him and Sheila in the mall as well. Teddy had a way of talking down to us and being very disrespectful. They just tackle this dude. And like, he hits his head on the concrete and, and like busted, he's bleeding a little bit. He's like, dude, like, why would they do that to me? I was like, dude, I don't, like, I'm just like shell-shocked, you know, I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so when I started telling him I knew about him and Sheila and he was sneaking around all that, he comes around the car and pushes me up against a pole up under the car porch and chokes me. And when he does that, I kick him in his thing and we're fighting at that point. Who was convicted on bribery and fraudulent charges in July of 2016. The White House said Trump's decision to commute Sewell's sentence was influenced by former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee and former U.S. Attorney Bud Cummins. And uh, he pretty much grabbed the kid out of the chair, uh, jumped on him, grabbed him out of the chair, knocked him to the floor, and desks went everywhere. They ended up under the teacher's desk, and I heard, which was about like eight, ten feet away. And I heard what I thought at the time was probably a pencil snap, but it turned out to be the kid's arm. I do know that it was made out to be the kid's fault. See, I had to I had to write up a report also of what happened. But when they read my report, they asked me to change it. Charlie warned us not to talk to anybody about anything at the ranch and to say everything was good because Ricky would be taken back to his drug addicted mother and would probably die. I got called up to the office to be on a phone call with somebody, I, I don't remember the guy's name, and they were asking us questions about it. <clears throat> well, when I, they had a copy of my report about what happened there. It wasn't my report. It was a typewritten report, not the handwritten one I had. My, it, it had my signature on it. Yes, they had copied my signature. It was a photocopy. The whole thing was a photocopy of it.
before we get started, do you have any questions for me? Yeah, so, I mean, not a whole lot of questions, but, like, I'm just curious on what what you got, what you have seen through, you know, being being through that through that program and kind of uh, kind of being out there because you know when I when I went through there or when I went out there to apply, you know I thought you know it was going to be you know these people were legitimately helping people, but then I hear it's like you know I hear several other things and it's like whoa you know and but I, like I said when I applied out there. I mean, I had all the necessary experience coming from mental health and substance abuse, and I would, that's what I was doing in Missouri. Is uh, I was a counselor, sure. so I, when I applied, when I applied through it, um, you know, I thought I was well overqualified. You know, so I didn't understand why I didn't get the job because I applied like I think I applied like two or three times. You probably didn't. You probably didn't get the job because you knew the rules. They hire people. I've spoken with people who have said that the biggest qualifications was they had to be Christian and no criminal background. Those were the two, two most important things in a Bible-based place where religion is supposed to be optional. Well, that, well, that was really weird because, you know, I, had, I, had a, I have had a perfect background. I mean, I come from... You know, uh, come from the military, so I mean, I had to have a, uh, you know, a clean background with, you know, security clearances and everything else. So I still, and you know, and they never really, they never really asked about my religion preferences. They asked me um, if if I was somewhat religious, and at the time, I, you know, I was like, well, yeah, you know, it, it just, yeah, but it's not really your traditional. But, you know, each time it, it was different because I'm like, you know, it's like that shouldn't have – I don't think that should have affected it. But, it shouldn't have been relevant at all. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of that was kind of my thinking. And, you know, and then I, have, I had somebody that I knew that worked out there, and I asked them because they were – you know, they had just – you know, they, had, they didn't have any experience. And I asked them, and they were talking to me about it, and they said that – they uh, they talked to somebody, and the reason I didn't get the job is because I knew I knew what I knew the position. I knew you know, like you said, I knew the rules, and I knew you know exactly what you know what was supposed to be you know supposed to be disclosed and talked about. But that's something that they didn't want. Yeah, so exactly. They, kinda, they, they wanted people that they could mold, and they want this is well, and this is just my opinion. Because I can tell you right now that I've been to two long-term residential treatment facilities. I went to one where people had qualifications, and it was fine. I went to the Lord's Ranch, and they were the most unqualified group of people I'd ever had to work with. And I'm sure you're familiar with the rule to, uh, you know, don't use any type of corporal punishment or restrain anybody unless somebody's acting threatening to themselves or others. That wasn't how they did it. They would no, no, if, not if, at all. <laughs> if you if you were disrespectful, if you weren't uh, if you weren't listening to them or anything, they would come and they would attack you. And several people had broken bones because of it. I mean, I've had several interviews of people who have had broken bones. There were girls that were sexually assaulted on a um, regular basis, and uh, this one girl claimed she was actually sexually abused by Ted. Uh, Ted Soul, and he was the yeah. owner of the place. 
And then this one girl, I guess Ted was in love with one of the residents and wanted to marry her. I don't know if she was of age or not, but um, and this was back in the 80s. And uh, she called him out because she saw them at the mall together. And uh, she said she was going to tell his mom about it. Well, he got mad at her for it. And when they stopped the van, he got out, grabbed her by her throat, started choking her and slammed her against the pole on the carport. And uh, I mean, this place was... This was not your this was not your typical treatment facility. But that's not to say that these places aren't all over the place. I mean, an article came out last night about some place in Wyoming where they actually when kids got in trouble, they branded them with crosses with with like me- oh, hot, hot metal. Yeah, and and nothing like that ever happened at the facility. There were people that got beat up. There were staff that would agree to turn a blind eye so residents could jump kids that the staff didn't like. All sorts of stuff like that. So you you were probably, I think uh, the term overqualified would probably be apropos just because <laughs> you actually knew that they were doing the wrong thing. Whereas a lot of other people, they would come in and they're like, oh, you're a Christian and no criminal background. Yeah, sure. Go, go, go ahead and help. And they just, throw, they just throw them right out there. And I don't know if you know this, but Bud Soul, he was the founder of the place, right? He moved to Arkansas from California. And this was after he got done serving time. He was a felony con artist. And his son, Ted, uh, took over when Bud was starting to get a little too old for the position. And Ted had his own issues. I honestly, I just don't think they wanted anybody who actually knew the ropes to come in there. Because they, would, they wouldn't know who to report it to and everything else. It was, it was one of those places. Um, oh, yeah, for you know. sure. Yeah. So I know, I know, man, because my mom worked out there. She was a nurse, and you know, she she didn't notice any of the really any of the abuse going on around that time. And like I said before, you know, I don't think that she would have because with her being in the position that she was in, you know, they they kept her kind of on the low key because what what, what we were thinking is they kept trying to get her to to come into this religion my mom's not religious so they kept they kept trying to bring her into this into this like bible group or whatever else when she she was out there she actually uh there for a little bit lived lived out there in the facility so um because it was it was so close you know it was just easier for her to live out there and then you know instead of driving back and forth so much so she stayed out there but you know, they kept, they kept harassing her about coming to this religious thing, but she was a part of it. So that's why I think that she she was kind of left in the dark, so she didn't see as much. But I do know from people that I've talked to and some of the stuff that we had mentioned, because I'm going to be kind of speaking on her behalf on some of the stuff that we talked about, um, that, you know, there, there were several there were several staff members out there that were they were doing sketchy stuff, you know, anywhere from UFC fighting the, you know, UFC fighting the kids, locking them in cabinets and, and, you know, definitely hooking up with, hooking up with the female clients that they had out there, you know, and it's like, you know, they're, you know, what kind of stuff is going on out there? You know, they didn't, they didn't, you know, teach as far as I know, they didn't teach proper, proper, uh, takedown methods. Um, if they ever had somebody that got violent, I mean, they would just they would just beat the brakes off of them, from yeah. what I was told. Yeah. yeah. So, 
And, you know, whereas like, you know, bigger facilities that are state run like Mid-South, Mid-South actually takes you and you get certified. You basically go to a class to be able to take take down clients safely. But, you know, there was none of that. They, they had told me when I applied for it, they told me that they had, a, you know, a position for that, that they would actually show you how to do all this. But, you know, they never they never went in and said, hey, this is what we do or this is, you know, you, you go to, you know, somebody that's specifically trained for this. But, you know, it's kind of it's, it's kind of sketchy because, you know, when when my mom had mentioned um, who it was, because she asked me about it and I was like, well, yeah, I went to school with a guy. And, you know, I, I don't personally know him well, but I do know in school he was kind of a douche. And, yeah. you know, it, it, that kind of behavior wouldn't have, wouldn't have surprised me. And then that's when she told me, you know, kind of what, you know, kind of what he was doing, you know, pitting, pitting the kids against each other and all this other stuff. And I just I couldn't believe it. I'm like, man, I was like, you know, that's sketchy. How, how could they, how, you know, how would they? allow a place to to do such and then you know you start started looking into it and it goes deeper down a rabbit hole than what a lot of people realize you know i have a conspiracy about the whole thing but you know it you know and it, it, we probably share the same like-mindedness on it as well but a lot of people just they don't know you know what really went on out there and you know, if you're not part of the religious, you know, the religious uh, group or whatever, they're kind of their cult, you right. know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know or you wouldn't see anything. And that's kind so, of, that's what it was. It was a, it, it, it was a federally funded cult. There was a girl there. Now, this is something that I was told and I have no reason to not believe her. Um, and it's been confirmed by other people who were there at the time. She was this one staff member in his 40s started having a thing for her when she was 14 years old okay and like he started having a little crush on her and everything and then when she was 16 she was forced into an an arranged marriage on the ranch to this guy so they actually got married when she was 16 and alonzo giles allegedly was the guy who had married them you know he was the pastor and he had married them and she 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 finally divorced them you know after a while but she said she didn't get a say in it it wasn't anything that she had any control over and then uh there was another there was another girl in a similar situation where they were gonna uh, do a, a an arranged marriage for her and she ended up killing herself by cutting her wrist and a teacher found her dead. No, that that is, oh, wow. and this is something that I was told. And I've tried to get this girl on my podcast, but uh, and she was gonna do it, but then she canceled. And I think she was nervous. I think she was scared. And uh, but she doesn't really know me very well, and I know other people that do know her. So I'm hoping that maybe the people that do will kind of talk with her a little bit and understand that you know I am a trustworthy guy. I'm not here to. The only people, the only thing I want is the truth, and it, I know that there were good people there too. I know that there were people. I know it wasn't just a bunch of horrible people because I was there myself. I saw it myself. But the bad outweighed the good so much that it was a terrible experience because there were good people. I mean, I liked I liked some of the people. There was this one guy. Um, his name was uh, Mike Davis, and I would he had uh, some issues with his legs. 
and uh, he, he he couldn't really use them. Like he had he, he had to drive his car with his hands, and uh, I helped him put his Christmas lights up at his house and stuff like that. Like I was like one of I was like one of his main guys. But what I'm really curious about is you mentioned that they would make up stuff to get people to stay longer. Do, could you tell me about that a little bit? Okay, so I do know that. I can, let me let me start off with this. I know my mom worked out there, and so my mom was fired. Well, what's really crazy about this firing was – go ahead. I was going to say, how long did she work there before she was fired? Um, she worked there for a few – she worked there for a few years. And, I mean, everybody liked her, so there was no reason why that they uh, – that, that she should have been fired. Well, so – Initially, what happened was is they had they had drug tested, and she had failed for for weed. Well, what was really funny about that is this whole time, there you know she she tried to fight it with the Arkansas Board of Nurses. She went they went before the Board of Nurses, so she fought she tried to fight it. She tried her hardest to fight it because they had no chain of custody after her drug test. There was no chain of custody papers. There was nothing where it was passed off. I knew who it was passed off. They couldn't track that back. Right, so right. there was, they, they, there was, who is to say that they didn't, they, they didn't come up with, you know, a dirty piss test from somebody else. Right. And that's exactly what we did happen. Well, the whole reason why she had been fired is there was one specific instance that we, we can only both think of that she had told them about, there was one girl there and her mom, you know, she, her mom didn't want her there because the court, you know, the court system put, put her there. Yeah. And that's a whole nother situation I'll talk about here in a minute. But so the court system put her there and she was trying to figure out, you know, trying to a way to get out of it. Well, at that time they were real big on Medicaid. They're like, okay, hey, you got Medicaid. Hey, you know, we're going to keep you, you know, they're, they're robbing the Medicaid, you know, defrauding the Medicaid system. Well, my mom ended up mentioning it to one other or mentioning it to her, to, to her so she could tell her mom. Well, basically, my mom was like, hey, cancel her Medicaid and she'll be out in like a week. Well, she canceled her Medicaid and she was out. This sounds very familiar so, to me. I think I might have met, inter- met and interviewed that girl Somebody's t- I, that story is very familiar to me about a nurse losing her job because so I might actually know who you're talking about. I'd have to go back in my records, but because I've talked to tons of people, tons of people, but uh, that is a familiar story to me, and I think that that's what that 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 makes sense. So okay, so as soon as she was off the Medicaid, they just ditched her. Like the yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, they 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 ditched her. They they there was no way there was no reason for them to keep her because she she had no Medicaid to pay. So basically, what happened was is she found you know that she had told them this. Well, she had told some of the other clients or other well the other people that were you know the other residents that were there. She had told them, and they found this out, and they all started trying to cancel. <laughs> and then that happened. They traced it. I don't know how they ended up finding it out, but they had traced it back to my mom speaking to this one girl about it. And lo and behold, shortly right after that, my mom mom was uh, drug tested and they fired her. 
and they also went after you know they went after her license which was which was fucking crazy because it's like you know you're gonna you're gonna do that but you know you you know the board the board of nursing didn't look into which i thought that really weird they didn't look into the fact that there was no chain of custody it was all there was nothing there so, so how did that happened, how did that piss test work exactly? Was that something that they did at the Lord's Ranch? Yes, yes, yes. So oh, they, they actually did it themselves. They, yeah. No, well, no, no. So supposedly they they gave her the test there, and then they would they would send it off to I guess maybe they would have to have it sent off to a local lab. So in between that section, I mean, in between that time where. She had done the drug test, and in between where they had sent it off the lab, there was no there was no chain of custody. There was no forms of paperwork where each individual that touches that has to sign off. There was none of that, which Very automatically which automatically avoids any sort of drug test. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where it's at or who it's with. If you don't have that chain of custody paperwork, you know it should automatically it automatically avoids because you don't know who is who is tainted it. Isn't so it amazing that uh, as soon as you don't have Medicaid, you're cured? Yeah, hey, hey, I and, and I know this to be I know this to be a fact because the company that I worked for in Missouri when I was a counselor up there, mm-hmm. you know they they were just an inpatient, but they didn't keep clients. They were mostly a detox, and they didn't keep clients long. But if they had Medicaid, they would do. They would max out. They would max out their Medicaid, and then as soon as their Medicaid you know, as soon as Medicaid stopped paying for it, they kick them out. Literally, they would they would they would discharge them and then say, "Hey, you can come back in like a week when your Medicaid re-ups everything." So they would come back in that next week, and this was a repeated process. And this, the company that I worked for, they actually, if I'm not mistaken, they got they got busted for that. But I don't know what came of it because after that I, I had quit that job because it was I was driving an hour, and I had also I had quit before they fired me. So they had a client there that was claiming uh, a buddy of mine who worked there. This client was trying to hook up. You know, he was tr- she was trying to hook up with the staff member, and the staff member was already married. And he's like, no, and she got mad. And she went to the uh, she went to one of the uh, council the other counselors there. And tried to report him for for a bunch of false stuff. Well, I ended up was like I was like, hey, I, I called my buddy. I was like, hey man, I was like they're gonna run it. They're gonna oh, they got an open investigation on you right now. And I was like, so and so, you know, this client had said you've done this, this, and this, and we know that's not the truth. And everything there is all under surveillance. So, anyways, it it ended up being a big deal, but they ended up letting both of us go they didn't fire us they, they didn't dare fire us they were just like hey i had been there for three years and he had been there for just under two and they're like hey we, we're gonna let you go we don't think that you're the right person for the job and i'm like two and three years later you don't think we're the right ones for the job right. and, and and come to find out one of my best friends who who was part of the he was he was big in the upper management there he's like yeah he was like that was all He's like, that was all bogus. He's like, we didn't have a say in it, but he was like, you know, that that's basically, he was like, that that's basically what happened is, you know, you reported, you, you told him, and that kind of hindered their investigation. And I was like, well, there shouldn't have been an investigation. You guys should have trust your employees that you hire over, you know, over some person that's obviously got 
other motives. But right. besides that, it, it was funny because, you know, the Medicaid, that, that when she had told them about that Medicaid and she had got out there no, no less than a week, you know, and then all the other all the other kids that were out there were doing the same stuff. You know, that was, yeah, and that was, I think then that we discussed it, and that's what we think that uh, was the whole reason why she, uh, why they fired her. So you think they tainted, does the sample still exist by any chance? uh, I I highly, I highly doubt it. I don't think they, they probably didn't, they probably didn't keep any paperwork from that because well, I just know that, that like USADA, for example, you know, they'll, they'll keep extra samples uh, uh, when they do blood tests on athletes well, it, or something. And so. that's, that's what we thought. There might have been something because, you know, my mom, my mom, she, she's been a nurse in, in the medical field almost all her life. And that's what she loves to do is help people. And, you know, I pursued the same, you know, I pursued that same career just to help people. And it's just kind of like, you know, it's like you're going to ruin somebody's you know, ruin somebody's job and livelihood over some, over some crap because, you know, you, you know, it, it was just, it was just ridiculous. It, yeah. it was, it was ridiculous. And as much as she fought to try to keep her license, she went to several, several hearings over the state board and everything else. And over, you know, even, even, even if the fact it was, you know, if, 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 if she did, if she even did really, do the drugs what was crazy is that it's just a little bit of weed and now it, it now it's becoming acceptable Everywhere. and it's yep. like yeah and now you're now you're you got this license you know you, you, she can't get a license back now i mean she could she'd have to go through a she'd have to go back through a bunch of schooling and a bunch of other stuff but you know she she did all that when we were growing up so she's like you know at this point it's not even worth fighting it and that's what I told you know, she kept fighting it and I was like, You're not gonna win against this. This is this is much I told her after this, I was like, This is much bigger than what what anything is and you know, come to find out, you know, and that's when we were talking about, you know, when when the whole news came out with Ted and how he's bribing um, DHS you know, and everything else and whoever yeah, else yeah, is yeah. bribing. Yeah, there's yeah. Some, there, there's some interesting stuff with that. Uh, I've 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 done I've looked into that a little bit. Some of uh, some of what he's done, and uh, I found some very interesting stuff about Ted and some of the judge. Uh, uh, one particular judge who would send like all these kids to the Lord's Ranch. And are you uh, talking about Judge King? Uh, uh, Smith, Phil Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah, Judge, Judge Smith, yeah. Judge Smith and Judge King both did the same thing. And what I found that to be funny is because they'll try to put they'll try to put everybody in the court system. And it's really crazy is because, you know, if you started, if anybody started looking into it, it's like, okay, you're going to go, you know, put these kids into this court system. It seems kind of suspicious that all you're doing, all you're doing is sending them out to the ranch. Right. You know, they're not sending right. them to other places. And it's like, you know, and at that point, it was a money funnel. And I'm like, you know, you could see where some of these kids, would they, they would send these kids, and it's like, what, what is going on? You know, they're like, they, they, miss, they miss too many days at school, like, or something, or, or, you know, absenteeism. And then out of nowhere, it's like, boom, you're getting, you're getting a summons to have to put your kid in, in, in the Lord's Ranch. Yeah. And then there's some parents out there. There, and I and I've I've heard of this too. Parents out there, if they didn't want to deal with their kids over the summer, they would send their kids out there just for the summer. 
which is beyond which is beyond me on that. I'm like, wow. you know, my mom, my mom was telling me that like, they have kids come out throughout the summer just because their parents didn't want to deal with them. Have they ever heard of summer yeah. camp? They basically made this place out to be a summer camp with therapy. That's what they made it seem like to be. And that, it couldn't have been more the opposite. It was a terrible place. They were, they were abusive. They were, uh, I mean, obviously there was the sexual stuff. So how did you hear about, how, how did you know about, um, you know, staff members hooking up with girls and things like that? Like, where did, how did you learn all this stuff? So, well, you know, um, my mom lived out there and she worked out there and we, you know, we, we were talking and, you know, some of, uh, some of the people, you know, we would, we would talk all the time, you know, me and my mom were pretty close and she would tell me on some of the stuff that the people that they hired out there and, you know, people, the kids out there would talk, you know, they, they really would, they would mention it. And my mom and, and they, they really grew fond of my mom. Um, you know, cause my mom cared, my mom deeply cared and she wouldn't be in that position if she didn't. Yeah. And, you know, they would talk and she would listen. And, you know, that's one, that's one of the things. And when, when dude got busted, I mean, this was, uh, apparently this was a big deal, but he got caught and they reported it and he was no longer allowed to work out there at any of the, any of the female housing. What was he, what, what was he reported for specifically? The- Supposedly he was reported for uh, sexual assault, um, doing like basically blackmailing them. Blackmailing uh, for for uh, I guess uh, se- sex favors. Are we um, are, stuff so like, are, so are we talking about oral stuff? Are we talking about actual sex? Like, what, what, do you know? Well, do you know specifically? I don't know specifics, but I, if I if I would have had to have guessed, I would imagine probably oral, mm-hmm. just because of the fact that you know they they didn't. You can't spend a whole lot. You know, you couldn't spend a whole lot of time out there unless if they were you know unless if he was going out after hours and dark but that doesn't make sense i mean it does but you know somebody else some of the other kids out there would have known right yeah and, and, and that's that that's the thing that's when people you know that's when they would have started talking and you know it, yeah it's it, it was it's outrageous man i talked to one girl who was telling me about this one guy he would always touch the girls he would always touch them. Like he'd walk by and he t- and he taught our class. He was a teacher, and I can't remember his name. I might have to pull up the recording. Uh, she actually ended up uh, passing away probably about two weeks after I spoke with her for the second time, and because uh, of some bad drugs or something that she had gotten her hands on, and it was kind of. I thought I was I was kind of concerned when I heard that. Like, are they going after these people? But I'll tell you what, they have been. Um, there's been stories that I've heard of uh, staff members being followed by some of Ted's people uh, that have done interviews with me. So now I'm having to do all these like anonymous. I have to make make everything anonymous, and uh, it's 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 pretty peculiar that that kind of stuff happens. So yeah, I don't, I, I, I wouldn't know what to say about it, other than, um, you know, I, I, I think they take this too far, and I think they take it far for a reason. They have something to hide. They have a lot to hide. Oh, absolutely, and that's the thing. That's not the first time I've heard, I've heard about people, you know, be, you know, talking against 
talking against the ranch and people following them. You know, people like just basically harassing them and just kind of, kind of scaring them. You know, into you know into silence because it's like you know if you really think if you really look about it man there's a lot of ties he has a lot of ties to a lot of people including a lot of you know high-end figures which which is pretty suspicious in my opinion mike huckabee, you know and then there, my, I, you know, I i know somebody who has pictures of huckabee's plane at the lord durant's he used to have one of those uh cessna, cessna planes that you could land in the water and they had a man man made lake behind the office, I guess. And uh, he used, yeah. he used to land his plane back there. And uh, there's pictures of it. I because I've talked to investigative reporters and stuff like that. And I, the investigative journalist that I spoke to specifically, she said this is the case that got away from her, but it's also the one that got her motivated to, be, to do what she does. She's been doing it for 17 years now, I think. And uh, she said it just drives her insane, that case. And I've had people talk to me and they go, I can't believe somebody's finally talking about this. Because, like, everybody, it seems like everybody knows. They know something, something, something. There's some sort of clandestine activity that's going on out there that has, and who knows what all it has been. We know some of it just because of what we heard. I mean, we have to treat them like. Legally, we have to treat them like allegations. But I spent a year. Yeah. I spent a year there as a resident, so I know the abuse that, ha- that went on there. I know that people were abused. I know that they were abused, and they weren't supposed to be. They didn't have. A, they didn't have the right to do it based on the legality of the whole situation. They would just do it because yeah. they were disrespectful. So. Yeah, that that's that that doesn't surprise me at all. I, I I need to look up and find who that girl was that uh that that the, the thing with the nurse because I know I've heard that story where the nurse I heard the story that the nurse said if you get rid of your Medicaid you know, they'll let you out of here like uh, immediately you'll be done yeah that because that only- would have been that. That would have been my mom that told them that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, get, I mean, get I, all these people that I've interviewed, though, I started I started to identify the pattern. It was you would either – you would graduate from high school to get out. I mean, graduate from high school or you would have some sort of outside influence to get you out of there, such as your parents saying that you needed to come out even though they would refute it and say that you weren't ready or – the courts would get the person out. Those were the three ways. I I, I, I I haven't interviewed one person, and I don't recall ever seeing one person where they go, you know what? You finished the program. You're ready to go, man. You're, you're good. You're good. You did it. I've never heard yeah. it. I've never heard of it. I just feel like they tried to squeeze the, every last cent they could out of these people. And the, the girl that uh, I'm working with, they, she lived with her grandparents, but her mom had technical custody of her. They went behind her grandparents' back, called her, her mom, and said, okay, she's going to turn 18 soon. We'll have to let her go. But there is a loophole. If, we, if, you, if you say that she is incompetent, then we can argue that before a judge, and we know that Ted was bribing people, and we can keep her until she's 21. So she would have been kept for like three more years just because they wanted her to. And wow. and then her mom didn't her mom yeah, her mom didn't go through with it. So uh and she's lucky too because she's she's 
very well spoken, extremely smart. She's a private investigator. I mean, she's, I mean, just to call her incompetent, it made no sense whatsoever. It was literally a loophole and nothing more. They just wanted to keep her there longer because they didn't, she would openly say that she was an atheist too, and that really pissed them off. And, uh, and like in, in the middle of, uh, in the middle of their, uh, meetings, she would say, uh, they'd be they'd like, yeah, they'd, they'd be talking about, you know, Bible study and she's that and stuff. And she goes, oh, well, except for Sammy, she's going to hell. She, they, they always say that. And I just try to point it out and just single her out in front of everybody. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what, what is wrong with you people? It's terrible. And some people are convinced that the only reason Ted went to prison is because Obama set him up. They don't believe that he's an actual they don't believe that he's an actual criminal. They think oh they 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 think Barack Obama set him up because he ran a Christian facility. I'm like, okay, well, what about in 2006 when George W. Bush was the president and the you guys were raided? What what, what how'd that happen? You know, I mean, <laughs> they, they, they can't answer that. Did Obama do that too? You know, it's man, it's it's crazy what it's crazy what a lot of these people believe in. You know, these politics. You know, but now I will say, you know, what one thing that was really really odd, and I've I've I've, I've heard about it, and you know how how Epstein, you know, he's supposedly he's got ties. You know, obviously ties to the ranch, and it would it would make a hundred percent. Uh, it, it, it makes sense because if you think about it, some of these kids come from all over the place and they don't have family. They don't have anybody they could go to. Well, you know, it's basically, it's basically a Jane Doe. Well, what are you going to do with them? Well, you know, let's, uh, let, let's hook them up. Let's go, you know, send them over here to this place and this place. Cause you know, by chance, it's kind of weird that there was a, you know, that, that there was a ranch out in Arizona called the Lord's ranch. I, I, it wasn't that out in Arizona too. Uh, there was one. It might be Arizona. I have heard of one. It was like Arizona or maybe New Mexico. I can't remember. It was one of those desert yeah, well, it, areas. Yeah, and it, and it was an Epstein ranch. But there was a. I, I want to say and you might be able to find it. Um, there was an article that had. It was in one of the Epstein things, and it said uh, they had to go back and re. I guess reword how they said it because the way it sounded like. They made it sound like it was the Lord's Ranch in Arkansas. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm like, they're probably not too far from the truth because if they're, they wouldn't surprise me where they, you know, where they would get kids from because those ones are just the unknowns. Those are the ones that don't have a voice. Those are the ones that are just kind of left behind. So it doesn't surprise me. I spoke but, you to know, a, I spoke to a girl who was there in the 80s, and so she's in her 50s now. And bear in mind, she's trying to hold back her tears while she talks about her experience at the Lord's Ranch when she was younger. And it was much more different back then. Anyways, she had an emergency hearing in Chicago, and they used Bill Clinton's private plane, because he was governor at the time, I believe, and so they used his private plane to take her to this to this meeting. And I'm sorry, but unless you have a connection to somebody, a real deep connection, they're not going to let you just take their private plane just because no. you're you, you you know you live in Arkansas and you have a facility. And we already know Clinton has connections to Epstein. 
And then, oh, absolutely. I mean, there was a lot of people that had connections to the guy. And then you have that. Obviously, you have Mike Huckabee in Donald Trump's ear, and he tells him to let that guy out. Uh, Ted Saul, you know, the pillar of the community who donates money to charity. Well, of course, you can donate money to charity whenever you're getting paid 125 million because you know the politicians that can get you that kind of money. Meanwhile, your residents are getting 99 cent suave shampoo and powdered eggs and all that garbage. He's so dead set on convincing people that the Lord's Ranch isn't this horrible place that it's made out to be. And then they change it to Trinity Behavioral Health because the Lord's Ranch had acquired such a terrible reputation. And, uh, you know, and, and actually there was this one person that was, I can't remember who it was, but they were getting taken back to go to, uh, to go to, to Trinity at the time is what they called it. And, and then, but nobody had taken the Lord's Ranch signs down. And they said, the Lord's Ranch, I thought I was going to Trinity. And they're like, oh yeah, Lord's Ranch is a little further up the road. They wouldn't tell them it was the same place. They want, Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? I have that recorded too. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I've been the past... Th- Past several days, I've been editing and, you know, cutting things and basically putting everything together. But, uh, you know, girls talking about sexual stuff, that's happened to me before. So I'm not surprised that your mom heard that kind of stuff. Um, now, you said you had mentioned something about them making up stuff about kids to get them to stay longer. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, so, yes. Yeah, so they, uh, man, they would. From what I from what I gathered, they would keep they would keep people there. They would just if any, anybody wanted to, you know, you could you couldn't leave, obviously. But if they had a thought to where you know they could think that they they were able to get out of there, they would shoot for it. But then they would turn around and make up. They would say anything they could, you know, to these judges and these people, just like like you said, just to just to keep them, just to be able to to keep you know to keep funding with that medicaid right so you know they they would you know and it wouldn't surprise me you know they would they would get these kids they would you know they would say well this kid is violent he's had he's been violent and it would be to the point where you know that they would that they would actually you know they would put you know from from what i've been told they would fucking send one of these other kids to go beat the shit out of this other kid and this other kid, you know, obviously is going to fight back and then they would retaliate and like, Hey, well that kid, you know, he, he was fighting this dude. So it, they, they would make up all sorts of shit, man. Like it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know, it, you know, like drug test wise, I don't know if, if they would, you know, if, if they use that to their ability to, you know, it's like, well, this kid passed a drug test. Well, how are drugs getting into a facility like that? Right. You know, the facility, the facility, I mean, it's not like it's gated. If you wanted to run off, I mean, hell, you could you could get away from there. Yeah, you know, I mean, but you could. I mean, uh, but, they they come after you, but I mean, you could try. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, in the property, not only that, the property's so big, and then not only that, the Warm Springs, almost every you know, it, it, it's pretty suspicious that almost every house out there is is part of the part of the ranch's property. Well, I've, so, I've talked to somebody who actually used to live in Warm Springs, and she said that she used, or I didn't, I didn't talk to her. I talked to her, uh, 
her her daughter or her granddaughter because she the woman has since passed away but she said that she used to hear kids screaming all the time all the time she would hear kids screaming just living out in warm springs and i'm like well that doesn't surprise me one bit whether they were upset about something or they're being harmed yes that does not surprise me one bit yeah, because, I mean, they right there in the middle of Warm Springs, right there behind the store, they had the, you know, the old store with the soda machine right there. Uh, they they had built um, some sort of type of house. I don't know if it was ever used. Um, I do know it was like a new construction. So, I mean, you go out there, and it, it's still out there, and it looks, you know, it looks like a newer, newer, definitely a newer building, but I don't know if that ever got used before whole thing with ted you know when he got when he got uh got you know busted and got raided but you know that's that's one thing that that's one thing that kind of doesn't you know surprise me is if it was directly because those houses were that house is specifically right in the middle of warm springs um you know i can't say that i i don't know you know anybody out there that you know they've heard of any any stuff going on like that but i don't you know, even if they even if they did have people escape, I mean, it's like you know, you would have never heard about it. You know, our local our local stuff, or you know, local police department or sheriff department, everybody else. I'm sure they weren't notified. I'm sure they just went on a manhunt and tried to find these people. What I was told they, was that the first 24 hours they would try to get them themselves. That's what somebody told me. But when I was there and a kid ran away, it seemed like they would just like they would be on their own. Basically it was their own mission. Like they weren't trying to get law enforcement involved. They were going on a hunting trip. That that's what it seemed like to me. And then there was one kid that escaped or two kids that escaped in 95 and the vehicle will crash into a ditch or something. And the kid died. One of the kids died. And uh, I've always wondered what the story was behind that. It's possible that that could have happened, but it's also possible there's more to it. And uh, there is a survivor, so you never know. I mean, but but they've threatened this girl that I I, I spoke with. She said uh, she was threatened. Uh, they they threatened her life when her and her mom were talking about taking legal action against them after she had gotten out. And she had wow. gotten, and she had, she had been molested by Ted. She had her arm broken by uh, Alonzo. I mean, all these things that happened. I mean, it, it just seems like so much of it was, I don't know. It's just, <clears throat> so much of it was, they, they would try to keep it hidden from people. I was talking to this guy the other day and he says, yeah, I was supposed to be there six to nine months. And uh, they let me out in three months because they broke my arm while I was there. And then after they broke my arm, uh, uh, he said somebody from the army, but I'm suspecting it was somebody from the military police because I realized that I was there when he was there. I I recognized the guy. I looked at his pictures. I I I was like, oh, wait, I know you. I was like, I have a picture of you in a cast. And I think he got attacked again. And I think they like rebroke his arm or something, something that would cause permanent damage. They let him out in three months. The facility did, not the judges. The facility let him out in three months, and uh, I'm like, hmm, that's pretty interesting. And that's what that that's how he described it to me, though, is uh, they let him out. They let him out early. 
just because they were they just wanted to they they had to hide it they had to hide it just like all the other stuff they were hiding which I don't I I don't even understand how you can do that if you're court ordered to be there for that amount of time and then they just like all right, all right go ahead and go home you know what I mean like that just yeah. that, that just doesn't add up to me that doesn't compute but I guess I mean they didn't there wasn't any real oversight of these places they were in remote areas they could have just filled out the paperwork and said that he was that he was there for 6 months and got out I mean who knows you know I don't know how it worked out but that's what he was telling me he's actually somebody I'm going to interview here um soon I got to walk my dogs after this but I got I got to interview him at some point and then you know find out a little more about what happened and get the details but um yeah I mean there and there was this one kid this one guy had his arm he uh he had his shoulder broken well he thinks it was broken and the only reason he thinks it is cuz they wouldn't take him to the hospital so this guy was cranking his arm cranking 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 the guy's screaming crying and there he's in the middle of the entire house so everybody in the house is watching this happen everybody's watching and he's crying please stop he said that he held on to that crank for probably about two minutes and he said that he he he's like i can't move it i can't move it i think i need to see i i think i need to see a doctor or something i need to see somebody they wouldn't even let him see an on-site nurse he had to make his own sling out of one of his t-shirts because wow it's like they just didn't want anybody to know they just wanted it to be kept secret so yeah, I mean, it's, it's just terrible, some of the stuff you hear. And that one girl that got her arm broken, it, well, it wasn't broken at the joint. It was broken above the joint, like where the bicep and tricep is. So you know, he, and, and she was, at first she was kicking, like, because it hurt so bad when he attacked her. And the reason he even attacked her, this was the ridiculous part. They weren't taking care of her braces while she was there. And uh, you know, people with braces, I guess they have to like get their braces tightened and stuff. And anyway, yeah. they weren't they weren't doing that while she was there, and yeah. uh, it caused an ulcer to form on her tongue. Well, during one of uh, one of the sermons that they were doing, the this this thing burst. So she starts feeling her mouth fill up with blood because it burst. So she's trying to get the staff's attention, the staff member. Staff is really annoyed with her, takes her outside. She's like, what do you want? What do you want? Really mean staff member named Jan Curtis. She was really mean to her. And then as soon as she opens her mouth, blood just pours out like a waterfall. And she goes and she tells her what happened. And then that scared her. And she goes, what happened? And she goes, well, what did you do to make it burst? As if it was her fault. And she's just like, I didn't do anything. It just burst. It just, it just came out. Well, all of a sudden, Alonzo Giles comes out there, and he's standing behind her, and he doesn't know she is, but she knows that Jan is all of a sudden yelling at her, and she's like, why is Jan not freaked out and being nice anymore? She's yelling at me, and then she hears, do we have a problem? Turns around, sees the guy standing there, and she said, yeah, we have a problem. She goes to point to her mouth for the blood's, she goes, blood's coming out of my mouth. And as she went to point to her mouth, he snatched her arm. He took that as a threat, her lifting her arm up like that, and started cranking it. And then, and it was hurting her. So naturally, she's trying to escape. She's trying to fight back to escape and get out of the hole. 
when she finally gave up on fighting it, he cranked it a little bit more, and, he said, and she said that's when she believes it was broken. And they told her it wasn't broken. They said, your, your arm's not broken. Your arm's not broken. But she, they, got, they had an on-call nurse. The on-call nurse comes, and they checks it, and the on-call nurse immediately, she says, yeah, it's broken. I think she needs to go to a hospital. So they took her to the hospital. I mean, and, and uh, you know, and, and, and this was after they had told her for like two hours, your arm's not broken. Your arm's not broken. They're not listening to her. They're not listening to anybody. And I have so many people talk to me right now who says, why didn't, why did, why didn't you say this when you were younger? I'm like, okay, first of all, I did. Second of all, they didn't believe me because I was a troubled teen. They thought I just wanted to get out of there early, but, and, and, and they wouldn't listen. It's been two decades. They said I wanted to go home. I'm home right now, and I'm still telling you the same story two decades later. So don't sit here, you know what I mean? Like, don't sit here and tell me that I'm making this stuff up. I mean, it's so common, all the stuff that I hear. I mean, and it was, there's different generations. The ranch changed over, I mean, it was around for about 50 years before it got shut down because of Ted. I feel like they want to bring it back, though. Because you look. Well, man, so. So let me let me say something. So as far as I know, after you know this whole investigation before he he got sentenced, whatever, you know, yeah, the ranch never stopped operating. You know, and that's the thing. What, what's really weird is the secretary. From, from what from what I've gathered, they are still actively able to have kids out there, and from what I've been told is. Yeah, they can't have. They cannot collect off of any of the Medicaid systems, but private pay. And there's something about Alaska. They're get, they be, they got a lot of kids. It is really weird. They got a lot of kids from Alaska. That's where I came and from. They was can, Alaska. And you know, and I don't know what's different about Alaska's insurance, but that's why they were able to maintain and still continue to get kids, is because they were from Alaska. There's something, there's something that the inch, and I, I could be wrong. I really could be, right. but from what I've been told, they, I mean, they were still operating in mo- mostly because of the kids from Alaska. They, there's something about the insurance or something about their state that pays for, for, for specifically that, you know, cause obviously the dude ain't going to be able to collect Medicaid. Right. And it doesn't, I don't think either way, I think since that facility has completely been tarnished, I don't believe they could even remotely change hands to collect to be able to collect Medicaid. If Ted or anybody that's in his direct circle, because they they know who you know when they raided him, they know who his direct circle is. It, they I don't think that they'd be able to even collect Medicaid from the state because it would have to be they would it would have to ultimately go to a state ran facility before he could you know before anybody could do or reopen or anything like that. But it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, if they were still operating because of the kids from Alaska and private pays. Well, because we, we looked into Alaska and I think they stopped at least Providence did. I don't know how else they'd be getting sent down there, but Providence hospital, 
the Discovery Unit was a short-term facility for kids. Who And what they would do is they would recommend out-of-state places. So like Provo Canyon in Utah. Uh, there was another place. I can't remember what it was. And the Lord's Ranch in Arkansas. And uh, anyways, I, I got sent to the Lord's Ranch from there. Well, what they would do is they would they would basically they they would go to bat for the Lord Ranch. They would describe it as this place where oh yeah you'll get to ride horses and you know it basically just it, it, you'll take art classes. So it just sounded like a summer camp, but with therapy. That's how they they were trying to make it sound. And I knew for a fact it wasn't going to be that because I wasn't I wasn't optimistic at all. But I was under the impression that Provo Canyons. Uh, they had a minimum of 18 months, and I was told that I might be there for six to nine months at the Lord's Ranch. So I was like, all right, fine. Yeah. I'd rather go there. And then that ended up, it wasn't because I said so. It was just because Provo didn't have any room. And then I ended up going to uh, the Lord's Ranch. And uh, anyways, I, I stayed there for 11 months. And on a side note, I am very thrilled that Randy Barber did not win the election. I was a little worried about that, but that guy got blown out. And I am so glad because he beat 12-year-olds. So so Randy Randy Barber and his wife, they're dirtbags. Um, I have nothing nice to say to him. Uh, I've met him a handful of times, and he's a prick. Um, I, I know, I know his motives and I've seen him treat my mom like shit because my mom was always, always nice to the kids. She was always nice to him. And, and that was a big problem with Randy. Randy would always harass her about that shit. And I told my mom at one point, cause I, my mom lived out there. So I would actually see my mom a lot. I would go out there, you know, I'd stay, you know, I'd, when I'd come in from St. Louis or wherever I was living, I would come in when I got out of the army, I would come back and, you know, stay with my mom and see her and all this stuff. Sure. Well, there's times that I would actually go into the nurse's station. I get to talk to him and I get to meet, I get to, you know, I'd get to meet, uh, meet everybody, you know, mostly the nurses that were there Yeah. and my mom, you know, she, that's the thing And that he would always come in and he'd always be eyeballing me. And I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what his malfunction was, but I looked at him one, cause he looked at me one day, gave me a dirty look. And I was like, I was like, I was like, what the fuck you looking at, man? Right. And he's like, excuse me. I'm like, oh, you I'm said like, that? Hey. yeah, I'm like, Hey man, I'm like, I'm not one. I'm not one of these clients that you can give a fuck shitty look to turn around and look the other way. And I'm, <laughs> dude, I'm you know, I, I, in granite, you know, I, I just got out of the army right. and not only that, you know, you're I, feeling cocky. <laughs> yeah yeah well i'm also short as shit but i also don't believe that you know because me and my mom would talk and she would tell me that that's you know that's that prick that would always be giving her a hard time uh, and i'm like i'm like yeah i'm like okay let let him let him say something yeah you already you, know? ha- you already have a vendetta at this point oh uh, yeah and yeah but but beforehand you know after all of after all hearing the stories about some of the shit that he would do to some of these kids and just put them on the ground and beat their ass for no reason. Yeah. You know, excessive, excessive force. And you know, granted, you know, law enforcement, that's, you know, kind of the, kind of some of the gold standard with some of these places these days, as you can see on the news, but you know, with, with, with him being in the position that he was in, yeah, I a hundred percent agree that he has no business running uh, for any sort of public or any sort of official, you know, public official. And not only that, it needs, you know, that's one thing that needs to be brought to light. But 
honestly, I really don't think that I really don't think that they could get the ranch back up and going. Um, if you know, unless if it, unless like I said, unless it was all private pay and private funded, I don't think that there's a way that Arkansas will allow. I don't think legally he's allowed to go back through and you know do collect Medicaid as he was because he was fraudulent. So what, what's but really maybe, crazy? But is, maybe he doesn't, and he but, and he gets somebody that they don't know is in his circle, and they they have them in charge, and then you know what I mean? Like like let's say they they do it under somebody else's name other than Ted's, and Ted does have a lot of connections, and if you have a connection to the governor. I mean, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know what all the governor can do. I, I, I don't. To be honest, I don't give a shit about politics. I don't ever pay attention yeah. to them. To be completely candid with you, but uh, I mean, when you have those kind of connections, and who knows, these are connections that I've just identified from the internet. Like, and I'm like, oh, Randy Barber, really? Oh, Sarah Huckabee, okay. And I'm like. I'm wondering, are there any other judges that are looking to get roles where they can send people to the ranch, you know, where they can send, I mean, or, I mean, who knows? And then, and then suddenly that place is back up and running and Ted, Ted doesn't have anything to do with it, but they, but they believe in the cause, you know? Exactly. And, and, and where we're at in the Bible Belt, I, I could, I could, I could see that, you know, the thing, I think a lot of the thing was, is, you know, when, when, when Phil, was still a judge, and when uh, when um, King was still a judge, yeah, you know, before before them assholes kicked the bucket or whatever they did, or uh, well, when King did, um, oh, you King know, passed, I would, King I would, passed away. I think so. I think uh, I think he died a while back, and uh, it couldn't happen to a better person. He was always <laughs> stuffing people. He was always stuffing people in the system. He tried to stuff my sister in the public, you know, in the system, and that was you know, and it wouldn't. You know, try, the one did thing he try the really, Lord's Ranch? No, now, now I don't think so. Now, the only thing that I think my uh, my sister, the only thing that she she ended up having to go to CYS out there in Batesville, okay. and in Batesville, you know, they had that they had that little that that program. Well, my sister ended up what uh, doing something, and somebody beat her ass, and they didn't want any responsibility, so they just let her out. Really? So yeah, yeah, they they let her out. You know, she got her ass kicked, and they didn't want any they didn't want any negative on that. Um, and I've heard of a lot that, about that, that's an ass whipping I'm willing to take. <laughs> yeah, so she she got out of it, but you know, and what's what was really suspicious about it is because the school would report to these judges, and then these judges would go after these kids and these parents and it's like dude it's like and it's over it's over minutia shit it's nothing that's nothing that's extreme you know and, and i grew up you know i grew up i was a skateboarder we got in a lot of trouble i never was in the court system but at the same time it's like one of those things that you know i've seen i've, I've had friends that go through the court system and yeah. you know they want to throw they want to try to throw these you know throw you into these places into these lockdown facilities and it's it, it, it's just beyond me it's like you know, coming from somebody that has experience working in these, working in a rehab facility, and you know, in a mental health facility, it, you see, you see a lot of it. And it's a lot more, facility, it's a lot more hospitalized instead of like a rundown ranch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Our facility, our facility that I worked at up there in Missouri, it was it was pretty nice. Um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a lockdown facility, 
But a lot of the clients that we did have, they were either self-pay or parents put them in there. Um, but it was not for, it was mostly adults. They, I think the minimum age we would accept is like, I think you had to be like within six months of being 18, I think is the minimum we would, or the, is the minimum age. Oh, wow. But everything other than that, they were, it was an, it was everybody in an older facility. A lot of our clients were from St. Louis. They were, um, and this was mostly a rehab. This was a substance abuse, you know, position. Oh, okay. And a lot of it would be, you know, heroin and a lot of other drug, drug issues. But we would have, you know, we would have parents, you know, put their kids in. And then a lot of the time we'd have court orders come in and stuff like that. And I've seen, you know, working in that position, I've seen just a lot. And it kind of, you know, me and my mom, my mom's always been a mental health. She, she worked at mid South for years and years and years. And, uh, you know, that's what she, she was, she was a nurse there. So it's kind of, you know, you see some of these facilities on how they were ran and then, you look at it, and it's like, well, how, how is this operating? A friend of mine, his daughter ended up, um, I, I don't know exactly what she was really going through, but, she, you know, she's probably, I think, 14. She uh, she did some cutting on her legs, and obviously it wasn't enough to hurt her. It was mostly just superficial, and they weren't that bad. But it sparked, it sparked something where the hospital had said, hey, you need to go to this facility, and this facility is down in Little Rock. And they made a mandatory week and they wanted to keep on keeping her. And, you know, at this point, me and my mom had talked to him and he was like, dude, she can't stay there. He, he was telling me this facility was horrible. He said the way that they talked to the parents, the way that they treated kids, his daughter ended up passing out. And, uh, cause she wasn't eating because, you know, the, the people would take her food and uh, a bunch of other stuff. And anyways, so, you know, they didn't have any, they didn't document any of that. They didn't notify the parents. They didn't have, they claimed that they didn't have video. And I was like, all oh, that whole facility was, was, was filmed. So, you, you know, you see, you see some of this stuff. And that's when I told them, I was like, Hey, I was like, if they try to keep her, she's got, she's got insurance, cancel it. That was my, that was my instant, that was my instant go-to. Cause it's like, you know, <laughs> they're trying to keep her. They're not going to keep her if she doesn't have the insurance. Cause ain't nobody going to do that. Yeah. So, you know, they ended up letting her out pretty quick, but, you know, I just, it's to the point where, you know, you see these facilities and then you go back and you look at the Lord's ranch and it just kind of like looking at it, it's like, you know, what, what good have they done? Because I've seen, I've talked to a lot of people. I know a lot of people that went out there and they, they're more messed up now than, you know, than they, than they were before. And now, I, yeah. you know, having having being sexually i've never been in that position but being sexually assaulted or just just uh, mentally abused and physically abused yeah it's just that you know these kids are already in a low spot you know granted whether their parents put them there because their parents were yeah where you know you know where their parents were trash anyways and they just didn't want to deal with them and these kids are you know they're they're still not completely developed and you know, you're putting them in this place where there's these other these other kids that are like 16 and 17 that are just beating the shit out of whoever, and then you've got these adults that are encouraging it. Which you know, one of the, like I touched back on one of the guys that worked out there. Yeah, I wanted um, to, I, I, I wanted to ask you about that. So he would host UFC. Basically, they he would he would just like host fights between two kids. Do they do it outside? Do they do it inside? No, or? no, they would, no, no, they would, they would, it, it would, it would be in a house. It would be in, in the houses. So he would, dude, he would, uh, he would get them to fight each other. And this dude, he, How did he, he do, was a douche. 
How exactly? Did, how exactly did he do that? Did he just go? Did you know, like winner gets this, or he was like, "Would you two fight?" And you know, we see what happens. You know, or... I, I don't, I don't know if there was incentives, but surprisingly, it, it, chances are it would not surprise me if there was some sort of there was some sort of incentive that he would say, "Hey, you know, you 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 guys fight and you know do this." It, it wouldn't surprise me if they were they whether it be whatever that they were getting right but, or that or they just like they they criticize him for being scared or something like the one guy says he isn't scared and the other guy's like why am I gonna fight him and they're like oh you're scared and then before you know it yeah, like, yeah. I'm not so scared I guess I'll fight and you know in this guy yeah I went to school with him and I knew that you know they he he knew some stuff he knew some moves. Right. You know, he so he would he would show he would show these kids, you know, takedown procedures and takedown stuff. Sure. And he he would just they, he would he would pit them against each other, you know. And that's why you know if you look, you see all these kids come in with carpet burn. It doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't why would any of these kids have carpet burn? Well, because yeah. they were beating each other's ass. You know, he was they were beating each other's asses. And they're getting smeared and on he, the floor. Yeah, exactly. Else. Yeah. So I mean, in, in that you know, that and that, like I said, that that was I heard about that, and I'm like, you know, I'm like that it doesn't surprise me. I you know there were you know, there, there, I've seen some commonalities during my stay. So, but these were actual real fights that broke out, and then what the staff would do is they would break it up and they would take them to this back room, and then they'd let them loose on each other while they watched. And then once they were done fighting, uh, you know, that would just be the end of it. But they would, you would, they'd basically take them back there, like separate it. All right, you two want to fight? Go ahead and fight. And they fight back there and somebody come up with a lumped out face or whatever. And, you know, you kind of got, wow. you, you got an idea of who won. But yeah, they would set it up to where it would happen. And yeah, I mean, that, that, that was pretty I saw that happen a couple of different times, and uh, I was actually I was threatened to go back there t- with a professional NFL player. So Tyree Davis, he played for uh, like the Buccaneers and the Seahawks as a wide receiver. And if there's a fight happening, everyone wants to you know watch it, and well, that's what the that, they're at their jobs. You know, that's another thing too. They're not treating it. Like it's a job. They're treating it like they're just trying to have fun with everything, and it was just it was horrible the way they would they would handle everything. It just didn't make sense. Now don't get me wrong. I've been in fistfights with guys before and become good friends with them. You know, I really have. But that's not the way that you set it up at a treatment facility. That's not what you do. You have to keep that stuff. Out. I mean, because. They, they could be they could be injured. They could be seriously injured. There was a girl who hung herself. She tried to kill herself because she was so tired of that place. She hung herself, and the next thing she uh, recognizes is they're doing chest compressions to her. Staff members are, and she wakes up, and they made her go to bed afterwards. They didn't take her to the hospital to see if she had any broken neck bones or broken damaged cartilage or anything. They just sent her to bed. And then the next morning they wake her up and they're like, all right, come on, you gotta get up. We gotta get we gotta go. We gotta go. And she's like, I don't I don't I don't wanna go. They're like, we gotta go get breakfast. Come on, get up. 
And she's like, no, I don't want breakfast this morning. They pulled her out of the bed by her legs, and she was on the top bunk. I was like, really? Really? That's 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 what you do to somebody who just attempted suicide the night before? You you, you risk them? You you, you give these them these inherent risks? Like, what if she broke her arm trying to catch herself or something? I mean, there were so many stupid things that they would do there. I just don't think they were qualified. So somebody with your level of qualifications was too much for them. They needed a bunch of idiots to work there. I mean, seriously. 100%, 100%, 100% because all the people that I knew that worked out there or or seen out there, you talk to them and realize they're fucking idiots. I mean, a lot of them were just simple, were just, were just simple-minded simple-minded people i know specifically the one i know specifically the one guy that i keep referring to that would you know fight the kids he was a fucking moron yeah he literally i don't i that's the thing i don't understand how i don't understand how how he could have got a job and like just i i don't understand like i i just yeah i mean i really don't understand how that dude could you know, get a job doing some sort of some sort of work that involves trying to help people. Yeah. I legitimately, when they trained trained changed over to Trinity, I legitimately thought, okay, hey, cool. You know, maybe they're gonna maybe they got a new owner, maybe they're or a new person, and they're gonna they're gonna be able to help people. New nope. because like that's that's what I wanted to do is I liked helping people, and that's the position that I wanted to get into. And and then come to find out, it's like no, that's that's not that's not it at all. Like, no, no. you know, I it just it, it blows it blows my mind that they hired so many so many you know so many assholes and you know so many of these so many of these I guess you could say you know thugs yeah just to just to do the you know the do the dirty work yeah well there was this guy. Uh, he was there in 2012, so it was Trinity at that time, and he was telling me I was I was always really curious because I uh, I had been told in the past that when it became Trinity, it became much better. The only change that I knew of that was better, I guess there are two. One was they had set up some cameras. It was it was like three cameras though, like one on the side of the church. One like at the school, like at the school, and one in one other spot. I can't remember, but uh, plenty of blind spots. Like it's not going to do anything unless you have somebody breaking in and stealing something or whatever. Anyway, but this place, what they would do is they would uh, they had a point system, and they would give kids points for behaving really well, or like if you did the dishes or something, you get a certain amount of points, things like that. Yeah. Kids would get a bunch of points for beating up kids that they didn't like. So, um, like, and then and sometimes the kids didn't like a person and they try, and they're like, hey, could you turn a blind eye so I could beat the kid up? So, this happens to one kid, and this is going to be on the podcast. And I don't know if you've listened to any of my videos, but you'll hear the guy telling the story. And I, I had to chop it up because, you know, I wanted to keep it under two minutes and 20 seconds. And, uh, but at any rate, they, it was three guys that were jumping this kid that they didn't like. And they, and they were, they had him in a blind spot, uh, for the cameras, and they just start beating the dog shit out of him. And then he, while he's down, uh, this guy picked his head up, 
put it on a curb. Like this is like that one movie. I, I forgot what the movie's called. Uh, American History X, I think. And uh, he the, the, he literally stomped on the back of this guy's neck while his mouth, like his face, is on the is on the curb. He stomped on it, and all you saw was blood gushing, and and his teeth were on the ground. He wow. lost. He lost four teeth. He had to get stitches from his top lip all the way up to his nose. And, uh, yeah, it was terrible. And they, they never took him to an orthodontist or a dentist. All they did was take him to a hospital to get stitches. And he said, while I was there, I never saw him get his teeth fixed. So what, what I don't understand is when they would take these kids to the hospital, why wasn't the hospital – why wasn't the hospital – um? Suspicious. investigating abuse because the, you know that's one thing you're you, you you're supposed to look at it's supposed to be able to identify even with me being an emt those are things that you're supposed to identify is is is, is signs of abuse so so here's here, here would be some of my guesses uh they say a resident did it and they restrain the resident that's one thing they make up some sort of other story or they go to different hospitals in different places. You know what I mean? Uh, because, yeah, you're right. You're right. It, there, it, there are signs. I mean, there are signs of abuse. Like my mom, my dad had schizophrenia, and he used to beat my mom. And uh, he he had punched her in the nose, and she had two black eyes. And, she, and they didn't believe her at the hospital. And they're like, you can tell us. You can tell us. Are these kids actually going to admit it with the staff standing right there? But uh, they they used to they, they would tap the phone lines though, all the landlines. Oh yeah, oh, yeah all the time. Yeah, they would tap them. How'd you know about that? Oh, uh, my mom told me. Oh, really? They would they would listen they would listen to yeah they would have uh, they would have staff staff members um, listen to conversations uh, for home calls or they would have a staff member right there next to them. Yeah, yeah, they you know, kind they, of they, like, they always had somebody next to us. Yes, so it's yeah, kind, like, kind of like Happy Gilmore, where the uh, where the orderly, you know, kind of is hulking over, hulking over Grandma, kind of doing the whisper face. Yeah, they they would always oh, have yeah. a staff member <laughs> with with them or next to them, or they would be listening through a through a different through a different line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I had just heard that. I, I had always suspected that, but somebody told me that she worked there in the eighties, and uh, yeah, they 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 had all the phone lines tapped. And the way they had the little portable setup was the the they had a staff member sitting in the middle with where and then uh, with a basically they could transfer calls to certain phones, and then they would add two. Uh, they would have a two phones on each side and they would transfer to these phones and these phones didn't have any buttons on them or anything. All you could do was answer them. So she would transfer or he would transfer whoever was, had the situation, you know, whether it was boys or girls, um, they would transfer the call to, uh, the phone and then, and then you'd have that conversation. And I always wondered, I'm like, they've got to be tapping these. They do so much illegal stuff here. Why wouldn't they be doing that as well? But luckily we still spoke in the code or, 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 or I was, I, I spoke very vaguely. I was like, did you get my letter? And she said, yes. She goes, is that true? And I go, I mean what I say. And then she's like, okay. And then that's when it would. 
And so, yeah, and it would. So, 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 what are they going to do? Because, I, I mean, they're 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 literally they're going to basically give away that they tap the phone lines if they say anything about that because it was so vague. You know what I mean? What I said was so vague, and to be able to hear her, I mean, all they could hear was what I was saying. Uh, if I, all they hear me saying is "yeah" and I mean what I say, then they can't just they can't derive a conclusion from that. They can't do it, not without tapping the phone line. That you're 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 telling your mom something. You're telling her something. You know. I mean that. So so uh, I mean, luckily nothing ever happened. But uh, I always wondered if they were bugging rooms. I, I wondered all sorts of stuff like that. But I did know that all of their landlines were bugged, including the ones in the offices. So it wasn't just the kids calling their parents. They would bug the lines in the offices. Hmm. Yeah, this, this girl told me her first day there that there was a veteran there. And she said that uh, the veteran said, uh, by the way, be careful what you say on the phone because they do bug your line. And she's like, really? She's like, yeah. She's like, okay. I'll be careful on what I say. And, huh. uh, yeah. Pretty crazy. So. Yeah. I, I knew I knew when mom told me. I was like, yeah. I was like, they're, you know, they're, they're listening to people's conversations. They're. They're, they've got some. They've got some shit to hide. They've got a lot of sketchiness going on. And I'm. I mean, when mom, because my mom, um, I know you reached out to her a while back, um, or she might have reached out to you or something. But I know you know she didn't. Like I said, she didn't see a whole lot um, specifically, other than what you know what what kids told her. Right. Um, just right. because, like I said, she wasn't in that inner. She wasn't in that inner cult circle and. You know, and that's that's part of the thing. You know, they kept they kept trying to push her into it and the religion thing, and you know that's that's one of the that's one of the things that you know, she thought that she might have you know might have that been another reason why they might have uh, fired her. But yeah. it's it's crazy, you know, it's crazy the way that that thing that the way it goes on. But not only that, you know, it's like if you just look at like all the property they own and. You know, there's just a lot of sketchy, there's just a lot of sketchy stuff. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't understand how they've gotten away with it and how they're continuing to get away with it. I think they, have, I think they have something hidden in those trees in the woods somewhere. I really do. I think they have something hidden there. Uh, and, and I'll tell you why. And I, I actually wrote something about it last night. I didn't say what it was, but I basically wanted Ted to read it. So he knew that I knew that there was something out there. Uh, there were the hunt these hunters out there, uh, Christmas 2020, and it was about midnight. He sees two pa- he sees two passenger vans and a uh, off road vehicle come by. Right, one of the top one of the Tahoes. Uh, it was it was like a it was kind of like a, I don't know if it was like a six wheeler. It was something that you could like really take off road. Like it was. Oh, you know okay. I mean? So. He saw them go by. They saw them go by. Anyways, this happened. And then at five in the morning, they would leave. And instead of come, they were taking old Burr. Instead of turning left when they came out to go to the highway, they would take the other route, the long way through old Burr. And they would turn the other way. And they always thought that was very peculiar. And then um, there was, this happened... He said it happened three nights 
in a row. He said that he didn't hunt there the next year. So he doesn't know if it kept on or what was going on. But it, judging by the time and the dates, it just seems like they were trying to do something while everybody was at home. You know what I mean? Like who? Yeah. Like who the hell? Who the hell goes out of Christmas uh, at midnight? You know? I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things. It's it's one. It just seemed like they had something to hide. So I put that on there. I put something on there. I said, I'll get, I said something about, I said, I think they have something hidden in the woods. And I said, I'll give you guys a hint. I said, you, you guys probably won't know what it means, but I'm sure, I, I know, some, I know a couple of people who will. And then I said, uh, and then I basically just said the two vans, one off road vehicle, 12 a.m. to 5 a.m., Christmas 2020. And then I said, and, and then I put 26th, 27th, Dot dot dot, and I just left it on there. And I know, I know, I know he's watching my page because they've been calling people. Oh yeah, like they're 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 really keeping tabs. And I've been trying to like post stuff to scare him, and uh, just see kind of what'll happen, I guess. And uh, it's you know we'll see. A lot of people are saying you know you, you need to be careful that that guy. They think the the lady that I spoke to who was friends with that state senator. She thinks that uh, the Lord's Ranch had something to do with her death, about getting that, that getting that woman to kill her for whatever reason. Are you, are you talking about Linda Collins Smith? Yeah. yeah. So Lin, Linda Collins Smith, um, you know, that's the one weird thing about it is her best friend supposedly killed her. There, you know, I, I kind of I, I looked at I watched the interview that they did on TV. Um, that I think it was like on ABC or NBC. I don't know. They did some, but you know, what was really suspicious is from what I've gathered is she was supposedly supposed to be bringing some light from, you know, light to the Clintons and light to, um, to the ranch and supposedly Epstein. So her, and not only this, but an, oh, I think he was an Oklahoma Senator died yeah. like within this almost the, what was it like a the week day, apart the day after they found the body he was something nickels i can't remember i can pull it up on my notes here yeah, yeah and he was and he was and he had in i guess him and linda had been talking well yeah because she had been to several states uh recently and one of the states was oklahoma nichols let me see uh jonathan nichols he was found shot dead um, and they called it an apparent suicide, even though the gun that killed him, an unnamed law, law enforcement officer said the gun was found on the other side of the room on a table. Yeah. that And that's, and you know, and that's, and that's, that's, you know, kind of the weird situation is because I did notice I, I was keeping trap tabs on the news just a little bit with this. And, you know, one thing I did find out is that, Linda, Linda Collins Smith, her, mur- you know, the, the lady that was accused of murdering her, mm-hmm. which was her best friend, supposedly, dude, nobody knows where she's at. So they had moved her. I, and, I, and, and, and this is one thing that, you know, my dad, all my family being in law enforcement and my dad, actually, both of all of them working at, at the prison right there in Newport. Yeah. You know, what, what's really what's really suspicious to me is, first off. Okay, she accused of killing her best friend, which which was a former senator, which yeah. is a political figure. But what's really weird is nobody knows where she's at. They took her to an un unnamamed location. Okay, and that's she is very- no longer and she is no longer going by you know the, that that name. 
So you can't fight. You can't fight her. There's nowhere that anybody knows that she's she's just gone. So what, what what's kind of weird about that is is you know like look people go to prison for murdering people all the time. Okay, but are they going to specifically go out of their way and and hide the identity of this person? Like like she's got like. Right, I mean, Char- like, like Charles Manson is was like you know everybody knew where he was at all the time. I mean, I mean that name was a lot bigger than this this name. I don't understand why it, nobody would know. And nobody's going to go out of their way in prison and try to kill her. I mean, regardless of her murdering as you know a senator, nobody's going. She's not going to be need to be under any sort of special watch. Um, she, unless you know, she could put. She could easily be put in isolation, and we would still know where she was at. You know, the fact that you don't know where she's at that that strikes me as extremely odd. Yeah, and there I saw it. It was uh, I can't remember the source, but it was it was a legitimate news source. Um, and I I told my mom I was like I was like you know I, it was really weird because you know they're not they're, they just she disappeared like she did they like they they moved her to an un unmarked undisclosed location. So I don't even know if her family, I don't know if even, you know, the lady that murdered, I don't even know if her family knows where she's at or they might, and they might be just under, under like a gag order or something. Yeah. But yeah, I read, I had read that in, in a published news article and I'll see if I can find it, but, and send it to you. But I just, uh, I, I thought that that was kind of weird, you know, that, you know, that this Linda, Linda was murdered and then this guy was murdered like a day after. And then, her murder supposedly that case went by super quick, and they're they both GOP senate. senators too, both former GOP senators that were murdered. Yeah, and and both of you know, and they like I said, they had you know, so there was some, there was some they speculation that went. They came, they potentially came into contact because she was in his state. Uh, she she went on a multi-state trip before she got home, so she was in his state before it happened. And it's like they're keeping an eye on her or keeping an eye on him or keeping an eye on them. Something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's uh, that's what we that's what we had figured is it was kind of it was kind of weird that they uh, that they had, you know, that they had moved her and nobody, you know, they they just they just moved her. Like, I, I just I don't understand that. You know that they're gonna un, they're gonna put her in a in an undisclosed location, and you know I just found it really really odd. And then you know here we are with all the you know obviously the conspiracies and the tin hat foils, but a lot of that you know is pretty crazy because a lot of it, if you look at it, it, some of that adds up, and it and it does make a, it does make a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, I somebody, know. you know, I feel I I, I feel something to light. I, 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 yeah, I, well, and I have a lot of trouble with this because I know that a lot of it does sound like tinfoil, but I've spoken with, with, uh, you know, investigative journalists who have won three in-state rewards on the stuff that they've discovered. This lady that I spoke to, she knew Linda Collins and she told Linda Collins, she goes, I think your husband, Philip Smith, I think he has, I think he has something going on at the Lord's Ranch. And uh, and she goes, no, no, he would never, he would never. That's not him. And um, and then the last conversation they had, she said, 
I'm starting to think that you might be right. Like that, like like he does have something going on at the Lord's Ranch, and she thought she she was telling um she was telling this lady that she uh she thought that uh Philip was poisoning her. They and because it was like for a month, she was like she, she was usually really well put together, um, and she was just kind of just n- not herself for like for for a month. And they took her, or she went to the she went to the doctor, and they found a foreign substance in her body, and um, and sh- and she thinks that it was something that he was trying to poison her with, maybe trying to kill her that way, and uh, I. Who knows? Who knows what? Who knows what was going on there? But uh, I do know that he 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 lost his job. He's watching child pornography. You know, he was sending all those kids to the ranch, and he was watching child pornography uh, on his work computer. And I all I saw were rumors that that's what he was watching. So I didn't take them seriously. But then I, when I was speaking to this private investigator, she told me, she says, she goes, yes, that's what it was. And she's like, she's like, she's like, you have to realize he wasn't checking his Facebook. He's not allowed to work in any judiciary position anywhere ever again for the rest of his life. For the rest of his life, he can never do that because of what he was doing on that computer. So, and I was like, huh? I was like, wow. So it really was child pornography. And she goes, and then you think about him sending children to the Lord's Ranch. Maybe he looked at a person, a child that he thought was attractive and sent him to the Lord's Ranch because he knew he could get his hands on them. I don't know. But uh, when she told me that, I was like, okay, that's really, that's pretty bizarre. And like I said, there, there, there's been a lot of stuff that I've heard, and I'm just like, well, until I hear it from somebody reputable, I can't take it seriously. But then when she started telling me that stuff, and I know that she's been doing this for about two decades, or, you know, whatever, she's been doing that work, and she and she owns her own news business, and it's not like InfoWars or anything crazy like that, you know, it's, uh, and, but, but, but it just, it, it blew me away. It blew me away, the stuff that I was hearing. Because I did a three-way call with her, and we were giving her information, and she was giving us information, and we were sharing. But I'm, I'm thinking of asking her to do an article about our podcast. But yeah, there, I mean, there is something, there's something crazy going on. And I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to piece, I'm trying to get every piece to the puzzle put together. But there's so much. I mean, we're talking about 50 years of information to cover you know what i mean of stuff that has happened different generations i'm talking to a lady in her 50s who was a troubled teen and i'm like this is crazy this is nuts like there's there's just so many people to talk to and so many things to find out and the, the girl who was molested by ted she grew up to be a porn star didn't know that until i started talking to her on the phone I'm sitting there. Yeah, we're sitting there docking, and then all of a sudden she brings that up, and like, so like for the first thirty minutes, my interview is that, so I had to like cut that out, and and she's like, like, all right, let's 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 take this out, and I I don't think people want to hear me talk about this, but you know, I I I wanted her to be comfortable and talk, and you know, hey, you're making your money, you do your thing, you're all good, but uh, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, that's. 
That's insane. You know, my biggest, when my mom mentioned this, and I saw, and I saw your, and it was really funny is because me and mom were talking about it and uh, talking because you, she had, she had briefly mentioned she had talked to you and, you know, it's really weird as me and her were talking and then your, then your podcast, you know, the story comes up on Facebook and I'm like, whoa. I'm like, obviously the phone listens and I'm just like, okay. So I keep, <laughs> I keep judging, going by and looking at what you, what you te- typed out and see some of this stuff. And, you know, it's like, okay, fine. It's like, you know, I like, and I tell mom, I'm like, you know, what's really crazy is that, you know, that somebody's bringing this to light and, you know, I really hope that it works out. I really hope that it works out for you. And that's when I texted you or messaged you and said, man, dude, watch your shit because dude, I, he's got people and I, you know, and it's crazy because dude, you'll end up Hillary sided. And I'm just like, you know, it's crazy. But at the same time, you know, dude, you know, you, you have a firm belief and you want to, you know, bring all this to light and it needs to. And I, I definitely, I definitely respect, respect you and, and what you're doing, because man, that that's not easy, especially with what you have to go through and talk to, you know, the people that you have to talk to and the stories that they have to, you know, that they have to relive, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, and and it's just crazy is that, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing. And I just, I really, I really wish you the best of luck in it, man. And, and hope nothing happens to you because that is, that, that's what would that's what would terrify me because I talked to my mom and you know obviously if people were listening to this they're obviously going to they might put two and two together. If we, um, if we, but, you know, I think if we take a stand, I think if we take a stand, they can't kill us all. Is the way I see it. For one, oh, uh, and, exactly. and and another thing that I thought to myself is if they're willing to kill so that they can continue to rape children and uh, uh, perform, have child abuse and everything else, I'm willing to die for it because I'm done. I'm not, oh, I'm, I'm not putting up with it. I'm not, I was bullied by them for 11 months, and now it's my turn. I'm coming back, and that, that's the way I feel about it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not willing to back down from this. And my Aunt Ginger, no. she's, like, she's like, do you, she's like, you know, she's telling me about journalists who have been killed and stuff like that, and I'm like, Ginger, I mean, if that happens, that happens. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna stop. I'm not stopping this. There's nothing they can no, do to stop me. I'm not gonna stop. No, and you're standing, and you're standing up for what you believe, and you know the ultimate right. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock anybody, especially when they went to that place, because dude, I've heard that place is hell. And you know, always and always talk, you know, talking to my mom, and you know, she had mentioned, she had mentioned some of the stuff, but. I'm just like, you know, how, how in the hell, you know, how in the hell is that place still open? And it just, it, it's a, it's a scary thought, man. It's a scary thought, especially like I said, some of these people, you know, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if, if they would have some of these, you know, people, you know, come after people. And that's why I told my mom, I was like, well, I was like, I told her, I was like, Hey, I was like, I think you should do the podcast and talk to them. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, I was like, if you do and, you know, make sure you don't, you know, don't mention your name, but she's like, you know, I, I don't have anything really bad to say. Cause you know, I didn't see a whole lot, but I was like, you know, I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll take the one on this to talk to talk, you know, talk to her and, 
I'll go ahead and, you know, talk to you and let you know all the stuff that I, you know, stuff that I've seen, the stuff that I've, you know, yeah. that I've talked to people with. And it's kind of one of those things, you know, I mean, that's, if they, if I, <laughs> that's what I was talking about the other day when I said, you know, I mean, anybody who has the courage to come forward and talk, knowing what they know and having the feet, you know, have knowing what, what can come of this, what kind of consequences can come of it. I mean, I like I said, I can do the anonymous thing, but that can only accomplish so much. You know what I mean? And uh, oh yeah, yeah. You, you know these people, but we also need to remember Ted's been there since the beginning. He was there for nearly fifty years. And here's another thing that Ted needs to worry about: when he got arrested, he was being wiretapped by the FBI. He has to he has to think: what if I'm getting wiretapped right now, and I I won't get oh, out so of prison this time? I won't get no, out of somebody, prison this time. Yeah, and somebody, not only that, they're, you, you're you going to have, you know, once once you start publishing all this stuff, you're going to have a lot of people that listen to this. And a lot of people are just, you know, they're going to start listening to it. They're going to they're gonna put a little bit of a spotlight on you. And, you know, not only that, they're going to kind of they're gonna kind of see how Ted reacts. And there, there's somebody, you know, yeah, Ted may be having people watch you and he might be watching your posts and stuff and whatever else you talk about. But he's also being watched. Yeah, I mean, it, this is just just because just because he got his his little pardon doesn't mean that he doesn't have a portfolio that somebody is watching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're keep. I, there, I think they're keeping an eye on him, and I think there's going to be some issues that he runs into. But uh, you know, like 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 I've said, I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I'm I I believe in it wholeheartedly. And that's all that matters to me. And honestly, it's exciting. It's exciting to be able to know that I'm doing something that could be making a difference. And not only for the people who would have, who went to the Lord's Ranch or who would have gone to the Lord's Ranch or anything, but for people all over the country. Because these places are all over the country. There are places like this. Oh, yeah. All over, and nobody believes the troubled teens. And then by the time we're old enough to actually say something and they'll listen, we don't really give a shit anymore. And like, we just want to do whatever and like kind of just move past it. Well, no, we're not going to move past it. And I'll tell you what, I, I really lucked out. It was, um, uh, Sammy, the girl I'm working with, she's a private investigator. She was, she had been looking into this stuff for like three years. So I find her page, right? I go to this page. I says survivors of the Lord's ranch slash Trinity. And I was like, no way. And I clicked on it. And then, uh, I see there is only like 12 or 13 followers and there hasn't been a post in two years. I was like, shit, this thing's dead. I was like, you know what, whatever. I'm just going to add myself to it anyways. I'll, I'll, I'll try to add myself to it anyways. I add myself. I get accepted like right away. And she writes me right away. I was like, holy shit. And she tells me, she goes, I can tell you stuff that I guarantee you don't know about that place. I guarantee I've done so much research on this place. She goes, I'm, I'm, I'm a private investigator. And I was like, when were you there? She got there like, uh, I think it was like a year after me, something like that. And uh, and we just started talking. I was like, you know, Sammy, I have uh, I have some pretty advanced recording equipment. We could we could conduct interviews and we could get this stuff out there and we could get the truth out there and we could make a difference. If you if you instead of just telling people online, why not do something like this? Because true crime, that is just, it's so popular. 
everybody's into like so many people are into true crime and everything. People are going to listen to this. I already have over a thousand followers and I don't even have a podcast episode out yet. So what I, I just feel like I feel like the possibilities of you know this just spreading and then suddenly and and we, what we also want to do is ha- we want to we want to create a docu sign where you can write a letter to your uh, your your local congressman or what have you and uh, basically it they'll just we'll have the letter already pre written all you have to do is put your name your address and uh, an electronic signature. And then send it to that email, and it's done. And if you, if 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 we start making enough noise, who knows what we could change? I mean, we could we. I mean, th- this could be big, and that's what I'm hoping for at the end of the day. And, and even and it really. And it, it, well, I was gonna say, even if it, it even if it isn't me that makes the change, or or us that makes the change, rather, um, maybe we'll inspire somebody. It needs to be addressed, and that's 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 what you're doing. Is you're bringing it to light, and you know you're getting all these other people, even even you know as many people that has suffered trauma out there. You know, it's I guarantee it's probably a massive relief off of their chest, even if they're able to be anonymous. You know, they're telling they're telling their side of the story because, like you said, you know, troubled teens. Okay, it's easy enough to say, okay, yeah, they're 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 troubled teens. They they're, they're full of shit. Yeah, you know, they them. they have. Yeah, nobody's gonna be- nobody's gonna believe them. So, and that's the thing, you know, when these people come out in these podcasts and they, you know, they come out with these comments and talk to you and stuff. You know that that that's great because you know they're getting to open up about some of the atrocities that that this place has had right. and the effects on them. And, you know, they've not been able to tell anybody that not only that I guarantee you, half of them are just as terrified if, you know, uh, of the retaliation, because, you know, that's, that's a big deal. And, yep. you know, Hey, and it, you know what, what, you know, the best, the best thing about the best thing about being, you know, in society these days is, Hey, Arkansas, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a open carry state, buddy. You want to bring your little cronies? Hey, have at it! But I can tell you what—that's one fight that you're not going to want because you know, at the end of the day, people are going to protect themselves, especially people that have went mm-hmm. through some shit, especially yep. at that place. Yep, I completely agree. Because, and these people, because those ranch, these people, these people have done enough. You know, they've done plenty, and we live in an age now where people have cameras at their houses. All like. Everyone has cameras at their houses. You know how many cameras are in my neighborhood? Like, they, they, I mean, they really have to be, I mean, there's so much they'd have to be careful about. Everyone has the ring cameras or the Arlo cameras and all that other stuff. The stuff that Linda Collins had, which did end up busting her best or supposed best friend, you know? I mean, there, I mean, this, this, we can pull, we can pull this kind of stuff off. And they're right now. I think they're the ones on their back foot. I don't think it's us. And oh yeah, guarantee it. I mean, they they just didn't expect it to happen. They didn't expect they didn't expect any former residents to come forward and tell the truth, or they didn't, and they didn't didn't expect uh, former staff to say stuff. And tons of staff are saying stuff. I've only had one staff member come on and he tried to defend them. And he said they were set up by, he said they were set up 
And I, he was like, believe what you want. They were set up. And I didn't know what he meant by that. But then another former staff member told me that uh, he's been telling people that he was set up by Obama. And I was like, oh, God. And, and I just, yeah, but, I just, that doesn't, but that doesn't, that doesn't explain the other atrocities that was going on. Okay, right. You can say that some set up all you want. But when you got a, you got people that are beating the shit out of these 12-year-olds, these, these it's like, okay, are we going to touch that base? Or are you just going to go on with... Oh, Obama, it's Obama to set him up. I mean, come on, man. You're not even, you're not, you're beating around the bush with it. Yeah, and that's, exactly. That's one of the, that's one of the things, man. It's like, you know, yeah, they're not expecting it. And not only that, I don't know in Pocahontas, I don't know. Um, I know that Ted still lurks around and his family still lurks around that way, but really? I don't know about the rest. I, yeah, I don't know about the rest of Yeah. Yeah. Ted, Ted, uh, he, he's got a couple, uh, he's got a couple of rent houses, and Pokemon is actually right there off Thomasville, pretty close to the school, actually, the have, high school. Have you actually seen him uh, in the area? I have. I, when I, did... actually, I actually uh, met, him, met him in person. Um, I, ta- I, can, I talked to uh, him about one of his rent houses that he had. Yeah. When was this? Um, this is probably, man, maybe four months ago. No kidding. That's interesting. Yeah, we talked to him about, like I said, we talked to him a couple months ago about one of his rental houses here in town. And, you know, I, my mom, from the understood understanding, thought it was actually his sister that was renting the house. Well, we call, you know, she called and he met us or she called this person and she didn't know who she was talking to. And he met us at the house and he wanted a fucking crazy amount for it. But then he was telling us that he had a few houses out towards Warm Springs. And I'm like, huh. And we started looking in, and there was a few of the few of the ranch houses. Really, and we're like, in- I, 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 I've heard they've been doing it with the ranch houses. Yeah, I, I've I've heard that because uh, we were looking at like I think it was like Zillow.com or something, looking at pictures, and you could see like what the ranch house is. Like, sir, this girl was showing me some of these pictures. She goes, "I remember this house. That's the room that they used to keep kids in overnight who acted up. Like these really small, like secluded rooms." I was like, geez, that is horrifying. And like, yeah. And that's what, and that's what, (laughs) that's what we're talking about. Cause we're looking, cause you can get on Zillow and look at stuff. It's like, it's like, man, the layout doesn't make any sense, but then, you know, it's obviously, you know why it doesn't make sense. Cause it's a ranch house. So it was, you know, we, we had, you know, mom, we had met up with him and we're just like, what's going on with this? You know, he's had a lot of people meet up with him about these houses, but it's, it's, it's outrageous. It's like, you know, but yeah, he, I'm pretty sure he still is in the area and, you know, right there in Pocahontas, his, I think it's his sister mm-hmm. that owns or did own the uh, Brown shoe building right there, the big factory building right there uh, Brown shoe in the building. middle of Pocahontas. Yeah. Right there in the middle of Pocahontas, right there across from Riverside. Okay. Um, but yeah, that, that building actually, I don't, I don't know if they, if she still owned it or if it was the, if it was the um, city that took it over. But as far as I know, I don't think she, I don't think she has anything to do with, do with Ted and them. I'm curious where he's at. Cause I heard rumors that he had wanted to go, wanted to leave the country. And I also heard a rumor that he was in Florida. So hearing that he was in warm Springs, like four months or Pocahontas four months ago. Um, that's pretty interesting to me. No, from, from what, from what I've gathered, man, he has a he has a few rent houses right there on Thomasville, and 
he's obviously I don't think he's anywhere, but I think he's in in town because I, he was still driving the white. He was still driving the white Dodge that he had, and he rolled up and we're what like, Dodge? my mom's what, like, what, what white Dodge does he have? I can't. I, I can't. it was like a it's been so long. It was like a it was like a white uh, Dodge truck four by four, probably like a, like a twenty five hundred maybe or I don't know something like that, but. Um, I do know that he was in Pocahontas about four months ago because he actually did meet us up in person. My mom was like, oh, man. And he didn't he didn't recognize who he didn't know who we were. Oh, but, OK. You know, my mom, my mom knew exactly who he was. And how's he you know, looking? She's like, yeah, we, oh, fucking gross and slobby. Yeah. So, no, <laughs> just like a there. slimy pot. Sli- Slimy politician. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about the same as usual. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's 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 outrageous, man. It's it's crazy, and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have imagined that somebody's actually you know gonna gonna attempt to to get this guy down. Especially you know I don't know how many more people, how many more ranch people like uh like all the sketchy ones like Philander and all those other guys. I don't know how many of them lurked around or are still around town. Philander passed away. And uh, I actually, okay. I've, I've heard two things. I've heard two rumors on how he passed away. One was that he was shoved and he hit his head and he died of blunt force trauma. The other is that he was working in a with some horses and that he fell and had hurt himself by the horses and then or or something something like that. Uh, he had slipped and he had he was paralyzed from the fall. And then he was taken to a hospital and all the extra weight, like excess weight on his chest was giving him trouble breathing. And he ended up dying at the hospital. So those are the two things that I've heard. But the one where somebody shoved him, that's like secretive. That was what somebody told me yesterday that they had heard um, uh, during an interview. So I don't I, I don't know the full story. But um, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not too familiar. But, you know, I used to see um, I can't remember. But um, they had a house and they had a bunch of kids and um, I forgot, I forgot what her name was, but anyways, you used to see him in town all the time at Walmart and you don't, I don't see her or her kids or the dude that she was with. And I, I don't know, I can't, I'll have to ask my mom who it was. She'll know who it was, but it, she was uh, one of the, one of the ladies that worked out there. Yeah, and you used to see him around in town all the time, and now you don't. Like, so I don't know how many people like he's like he still had lurking around. And you know what? If I get a chance, I'll I'll drive out to the ranch and I'll go I'll go driving out there and kind of snoop around. But I don't think um, I don't know what's going on out there. The last time I was out there, I I don't think uh, I don't know if it had gates put up or not, but. Last time it I went out there, I think it was like 2016. Because I I did I did a road trip there. I'd have to double check the year, but um, I, I my I have some family in Georgia, and I did a Christmas trip to Georgia. And um, anyways, yeah, I went over there and I snapped some pictures of the place, and it looked just about the same. It was a really rainy, crappy day, and then uh, it was Ted's wife, I believe, who pulled up on me in a truck. 
and she's asking what I'm doing. I was like, oh, hey, I'm lost. I'm trying to get to Missouri, and I know I'm around the border somewhere, but my Google Maps is losing connection, and I don't know, know where I am. She goes, oh, well, this is actually private property. Sorry. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. And then, uh, and then I just played it all off, and then... Uh, yeah, and then she gave me the directions that I already knew and got out of there. So she might be interesting. Might be she was there. Might be interesting to take a trip out there and try to see what see what reaction they do. What kind of reaction? They do have some cameras there. They might have an alarm system too. I mean, with the amount of money those people have, it wouldn't surprise me because they've gotten a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, and that, that that's the thing. When I, the last time I like like the last time I was out there, I mean, it hadn't. I mean, it still hadn't really. It really hadn't changed. It was kind of sketchy and just kind of there. But like I said, about half of the you know almost all the houses they've they've either rented out or you know like the FBI. There were there were a while I thought the FBI um, they had a seize on all of his properties, but you know he also had people renting all those crappy ass trailers. Oh really? That were out there. Yeah, all those like if you if you've ever went farther up towards Missouri, like closer past Warm Springs, all of those a lot of those trailers that are on the right side of the road heading into Missouri, mm -hmm. those were all owned by him. Those were all like uh they were either staff housing or people that he just he had rented to. That definitely so, doesn't surprise I, me. And I do know that the house that we looked at specifically, he was asking an exorbitant amount of money for, and it wasn't worth it. And he, the requirements, like the, the, the crazy requirements that he had, you know, just to, just to rent one, like yeah. three months, like he had to have like three times the amount of month, monthly rent or it was, it was, it was crazy. So this house has still been for rent. Well, who knows? Maybe they're just making it very hard to rent so nobody does, so they can do something else with it, you know? <laughs> it's very possible, you know, if they want to bring back the ranch, for example. They're going to want those houses available. But, uh, yeah, well, that this has been great. Uh, I... I have learned a lot. See, you said every, every, so many people are like, I really don't know how much I can help. And they give me so much cool information. I'm like, dude, I'm like, you have no idea how much you help. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the, more pieces to the puzzle. Every time, every time I talk to somebody, I'm telling you, man. So, uh, I just want to thank you for giving me the time to talk to you and get the information, gather it. And yeah. And, uh, I'll save you in my phone. And uh, if anything comes up, if you see him or anything, just feel free to let me know. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate it. And like I said, you know, I hope the information that I gave you that I've heard, you know, over over so many, you know, so much was actually somewhat accurate. And, you know, because I don't I don't want to put misinformation out there. I really don't. And I don't want to cause, you know, harm to anybody else. But at the same time, you know, the stuff that I did here was you know was by people that had worked there and then firsthand experience kind of you know seeing what every you know seeing what people went through and kind of just playing it off of what you know what my mom had seen when she was there but you know she's like i said she didn't see the, a lot of the abuses that you have discussed with me yeah. because like i said she wasn't she wasn't in that in that part of the you know right. they're, they're cold. So and, and I have to, I have to, I have to handle some of that too. There are some things I, did. I, I never saw sexual abuse. You know what I mean? Never saw that yeah. happen. But I have so many it, people well, telling me that, and I know how horrible well, that place was. I believe it.
Right, right, exactly. Yeah, but you you wouldn't have either because they kept I they kept you guys separate out there from what I've from what I've gathered. Yeah, oh so yeah. So you wouldn't have oh, seen yeah. the, seen a lot of that abuse. But what one thing that concerned me, and that's what me and mom talked about, and when she told me, she's like, I was like, wait a second, you know, you got male staff going into female housing. I was like, that that's you know, I get it if it's if it's all co-ed. You know, because when, when I worked at the facility I worked at, it was all co-ed and one, you know, you had, you know, we kept it in one building, but females were at one end of the hall, males were at the other. They could be managed. But, you know, at the same time, you know, you're definitely not going to have just a male staff. Anytime we had to go down to the female's room, we'd always have, uh, you know, a second or third person with us and it would be all recorded on video. Oh, yeah. So that's and that that right there, you know, when me and her were when I was talking about it, I was like. I was like, you mean, because when I did the interview, they were saying, you know, talking about you have to go to this, this house, this house, this house, this house. You have to deal with these people, you know, you know, males and females. And, you know, I talked to mom about it. I'm like, that that's not that was a sit right with me. I was like, they should have they should have female staff only going to female houses. I was like, you know, and that's what I didn't understand. And then come to find out, you know, I I see why, you know, from what I from what I've heard. So. Yep, it was their own world back there. It was their own little kingdom, so to speak. Their disgusting kingdom, and that's how that's how I mean it was the whole, that's how it was run. It was terrible, and it's really sad to even think about. You know, it puts you know because there are a lot of people who have PTSD from being there, and uh, like like I said, that one lady I spoke to, she's in her fifties, and she's this th- she's making a futile attempt not to cry as she's telling me her story and i'm just like oh my goodness like i just i just i couldn't believe what i was hearing and and what she had gone through and what everyone had gone through and what some pe- some people just i mean there are some people that'll defend the place too they're the weirdos though cuz like they'll, they'll go back and forth like i've heard them defend it and then they'll say like that they that it was a terrible place and I'm like, you don't know what you believe. Like, you're just, you know, you, 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 I think you just spent way too much time there and got brainwashed, and now uh, you don't know what to. Oh yeah. You know, I think I think a lot of people did get brainwashed because when I left that place, I had only been there for a year. I could tell my friends, my friends that I had before I was there were uncomfortable around me because I was a different person when I came out of that place in a bad way. It was, it was, it, there was, I, there was something off. There was something very off and it's just, it, it's, 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 a, it's negatively transformative and you don't know. And then you find yourself wanting to be the person that you were. And, but these are, these are years that a lot of people change, you know, kids start to, yeah. kids start to go up by, you know, teenage years, everything starts to change. So then when I'm trying to be what I was, I'm be, I'm acting younger than I am, or and then I'm like, okay, that's not working. What 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 what, what do I do? And I, it, it's terrible. It's very difficult to finally get back to normal. I feel like I've finally gotten back to normal. I mean, we all have our own quirks, right? But I mean, yeah. at the at, at the end of the day, I think the Lord's Ranch just had a it had a severe impact on me, and it lasted for quite quite a long time. And I still have dreams of the place. I've been to two facilities. I've never dreamt of the other facility. I only dream dreamt of the Lord's Ranch and the other facility I went to after the Lord's Ranch. Did uh did you ever did you ever look into that doctor they had out there, uh, Doctor Brown? Uh, I think was his name. I know of Dr. Brown. I know that there's another guy there. 
Doctor, I think Dixon. They on the on their website they said he had a PhD, but he actually had a PsyD, which is a uh, different. Supposedly, they're both good, but I don't know why they'd lie about that. And uh, uh, but yeah, Doctor Brown, I haven't done a whole lot of looking into him. I did hear that he tried to buy the property and they wouldn't let him because he was too close to Ted. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, I'm just curious. I'm curious on where that went with that guy. In what way? I just, man, you know, it, it's weird that a facility like that would have a would have a doctor that could write, you know, write scripts, especially dealing with, you know, mental health and all that other stuff. And it's just kind of. You know, I know most facilities do have, you know, an on-staff doctor, but it just, I, I wonder if there was any, if there was any crazy, like, you know, because I know we had, you know, we had people, you know, talk about, you know, like doctors writing crazy ass meds and like Thorazine and stuff to keep people like really just out of it, you know, and oh, yeah. I didn't know if there was any of that going on. I know that, I know that a lot of the kids that come in there, they had a lot of, they were already on a lot of medications and stuff prior. Um, so there was a girl, there was a girl there. I'll tell you this before we get off the phone. Um, she, uh, they, they gave her meds. There, it was three pills in one of those little cups. And she's like in the line and they're like, all right, take this. And she's like, what is it? And she said, just take it. And she's like, what is it though? And she goes, just take it. She's like, um, I have the right to refuse. And she goes, well, I have the right to enforce. And she said it in such a scary way that the girl got scared and she ended up taking it. Well, while she's taking these meds, she begins lactating randomly. Like she would, she just noticed and she said her boobs were really sore and she was lactating. And then she talks to, she tries to talk to one of the staff members about it. She goes, My boobs are really sore. And they're like, like Don't say boobs. And she's like, Okay. Uh, and she's talking to a female staff member. She's like, Okay, well, my breast. And like, Don't say breast. She's like, Okay. Uh, I'm like, You should have tried, f- uh, f- well, what did I say? Uh, sacks of fat on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyways Jesus. but yeah I, anyway she was lactating and instead of getting there's like there's actually something that girls can get for that uh when they're when they're pregnant like these like they're kind of like these sort of pads things that you put on there they had her shove uh uh kitchen towels down her shirt and uh wow. so, so she had to train herself to basically where she could swallow the pill halfway because they would check inside of the mouth to make sure that you didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, she, she taught herself with, like, popcorn kernels and food and stuff. And then uh, and then she figured out how to do that and then be able to spit it out. And then she did that for the rest of her stay there so she wouldn't lactate. And and she found out it was – I forgot what the stuff was called, but it was a pretty high-end antipsychotic, which she's not psychotic at all, at least not in my experience in speaking with her. So uh, I found that to be very bizarre as well. But um, oh yeah. wow, yeah, that was interesting. And I was like, I was like, I've never had anybody tell me they wouldn't tell me what I was taking. And I was like, I remember some of the stuff I was taking, but you, usually I just didn't really care. I just asked what it did, and that was it. And not you know, but uh, but yeah. yeah man. Anyway, I I, I got I I got to walk my dogs. I got to get them outside and 
They're probably going nuts. It's been great talking to you, though, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. We got how long are we sitting here on the phone? Jeez, two and a half hours. We went at it. I was thinking it was going to. Oh, man. This happens all the time. People say, man, I have like nothing to say. I don't know how much I'm I'm like, that's probably like 15 minutes. Then, like, two and a half hours later, I'm like, well, we had a lot to say, didn't we? (laughs) So I I really appreciate it. Hey, man, and I appreciate you and everything you do. Keep on fighting the good fight, and uh, I'll get some of that information to you when I get back to town, uh, probably in the next couple of days or so. But I'll uh, I'll see what I can get to you, man. And uh, anyways, have a good one, and I will talk at you later. All right, sounds good. You too, man. I'll be seeing you. All right, bye. All right, bye-bye. If you or a friend have had a personal experience with the Lord's Ranch slash Trinity Behavioral Health or have any tips concerning the facility, please feel free to reach out to us by messaging us on our Facebook. You can find us at the account named What Really Happened at the Lord's Ranch. We'd like to thank each and every one of our listeners for finally giving us a chance to tell our side of the story without being called liars, except for people with fake accounts. Thank you. We'd like to thank Justin Andrus Sr., a.k.a. Crew L.A., Black Tuba, for all the music he made on this podcast. He's talented, so if you want to reach out to him, we'll put a link to his social media in the description box. We'd also like to thank Gnostic Concepts for their original artwork and animations. Their commissions page is open to an array of requests, ranging from original character concepts to detailed wide-scale scenery. So if you're interested in receiving a service from them, a link to their social media will be provided in the description box as well. For everybody who took time out of their day to help make this podcast a reality, we want to thank all of you. Without each and every one of you, none of this would be possible. Let justice be served, though the heavens may fall. It's never too late to right another wrong. We'd also like to dedicate this podcast to Deanna Fields. Rest easy, D. You'll always be missed and never be forgotten.